dolphins and jags. What a drag! Welcome, football fans, to episode 27 of the Surf and Artificial Turf podcast. I'm Baxter Hill. This is my co-host, Casey Thompson. Casey, how was your week, buddy? Pretty good. We got five. That's what I'm shoving in the camera right now. Five wins in a row. We're going streaking. <laughs> getting closer. It's getting, getting closer. Getting, getting nippier outside and nippier outside. Does everybody get to see your butthole. Uh, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah. You know, no complaints on any aspect of my life except the COVID oh. booster shot, which was absolutely terrible for my Yeah, you got demolished. Destroyed me in the morning. Well, overnight and in the morning. Uh, luckily, I recovered, mm-hmm. um, you know, rapidly <laughs> for... For video game playing <laughs> that's that's important it's you know it's whatever gets you healthy my when i got my covid booster i think the lady thought that she actually needed to boost me with it because she put the shot into my arm like it was like a normal shot and i was like oh okay this is okay and then she just like jabbed it at the very end after the oh, after the whole thing was all the way in i was like what is happening here uh but i didn't get sick i didn't get sick from any of the covid shots i got sick from the second one and the third mm-hmm. one and i, I, I read up on, on it on the second one and it means that my immune system is great. Oh, I'm back. Okay, that's awesome. No well, offense, but my immune system is pretty amazing. <laughs> well, I mean, this guy over here never gets sick. Only allergies. Yeah, just allergies. That's my beautiful wife. What are you drinking today, Casey? I'm drinking Miami Weiss again because Ooh. why not? Because we're women. We're winning, and I have a few left over in my fridge. <laughs> so nice. that's the two requisites <laughs> to drinking Miami Whites. I'm drinking a six-point brewery uh, resin. It is a extra IPA. It's pretty good. I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't drank that many uh, beers from Brooklyn, New York. But this one, Brooklyn. this one's pretty good. I also had the Hazy IPA, which... It, they named Smoothie, a, a concerning oh. name for a beer. Not a fan of the name, but it doesn't. It, it definitely doesn't taste like I'm drinking a smoothie. But <laughs> what is happening? But not uh... hair so tall. Jeez, <laughs> they look like a '90s boy band uh, <laughs> group member. All right, me and Nick Lachey are going to be doing a podcast together tonight. <laughs> yeah, you saw my picture last night. I had that thing like yeah. out for the. Uh... Yeah, for your the, Christmas card, the the, the, the Merv Marv um, Home Alone. All of anyway, all ahead. of our all of our uh, listeners, you're you'll be getting a Christmas card from the Thompsons in the mail hmm. shortly. I only only, only ordered thirty, and I plan on sending out five because I don't want anyone to see that card. <laughs> I saw it; it's glorious. I am so proud of you guys. I don't know how you have the uh, tenacity to be able to however long that christmas card took to take but how many takes it took that's a lot oh of, it didn't a, take a lot of takes well the heat so we photoshopped him in front of the tree okay, yeah yeah that's fine I, 
this is you want to you want to know the semantics yeah. of this i'm going to tell us on the pod yeah. even though no one else knows what the fuck i'm talking about but i'm going to do it anyway just so you know uh-huh. i laid down on the ground and held his arms up by his face to make uh-huh. it as close uh-huh. to the home alone pictures i could sure and then he, she photoshopped my hands out of, from his arms. So Beautiful. you can't do that in the arms. And then we took a second picture where we were behind the tree doing the uh, Marvin. So it's more, of, it's, more, it's, it's more of a... The photoshopping took a long time. Photoshop uh, endeavor. Yeah. The, photo, the photoshopping took a long mm. time because we just were never satisfied. We were never going to be satisfied because... It, it well, there's just a lot going on. <laughs> I was extremely satisfied. It tickled me to no end. I, I, I think it's better than last year's Elf Christmas card. I'm gonna really? be honest with you. Oh, well, yeah, that's pretty. That I, I need to tell Jess that because we, we were both dying laughing at how it's, stupid the card looked. We were like, we were so concerned that the card looked too stupid and like, and that people wouldn't get it. And I, I know I have a bad feeling. Like I just was like, my older relatives are just gonna be like, no, what yeah, the fuck is this? Yeah, I, which is also chef's kiss. That's even better for me. Like the fact that it's gonna go over some people's head. They're just gonna get this Christmas card from you guys. That's a '90s poster from the Home Alone uh, movie, and they're just gonna be like, what the fuck am I looking at here? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. Um, we are already planning next year's because we were like, we're not doing this again. We're not doing mm-hmm. Photoshop again. Uh, so we're thinking okay. uh, Christmas vacation. Okay. National Lampoon's Christmas yeah. vacation. Uh, yeah, I got you. So many different opportunities. Yeah, there's there. there's a lot you could go you could go a with. A lot there. to work with. A lot to work with. I'm gonna have yeah. multiple photos. Let me just say multiple photos. Will Will Cat Damon be making an appearance in in a? Oh, ooh, possibly. That's yeah. See, but when you get animals involved, it's so tough. Yeah. Photography. Listen, we take <laughs> we take pictures with the dogs every Christmas, and it's like 45 minutes before we even do anything else because we're trying to take damn pictures with the dogs. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Um, moving on to the week 13 recaps. Hey, hey, I, I, at this point, I cut out the music for the Olympic extravaganza because you literally don't say the words. Uh, now you're not even going to bring up the segment. Yeah, just going to bulldoze right over that one. Uh, week 13 recaps. The Dolphins defeat the Giants 20 to 9. Let me hear it. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very good. Yeah, I think the, some might uh, say very good. It was a bit of a frustrating game to watch, um, especially on the offensive side of ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought that, you know, there was more there. Um, my man, Jacecki, shorthanded Jacecki had some drops. Waddle had a drop. It was just um, he did come up with a couple of good catches, like he's always. Yeah, I know. It's it's kind of it's also kind of ridiculous to be like, well, they should be catching every single ball that comes right. their way. Um, and some of the balls, I mean, the ones obviously the ones that Parker caught were the probably the highest difficult degree of difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the ones I I just expect the ones that are coming and hitting you in the hands and you have no one on you type of thing, you should be catching. And I so would the, think you know, that you might be a little bit more used to that watching Jaguars games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I try not to watch those, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um. But, you know, overall, again, it's hard to be disappointed with a win. We took care of business. Defense looks amazing. Uh, you know, I just am happy to be a Dolphins fan right now, which is something I am shocked to hear myself say after the, the start we had. We're going into the bye week, and, um, you know, we'll see what happens after that. 
Uh, the AFC is still a very crowded race, and I really don't know how it's going to turn up uh, if we have a chance. But, you know, I think what we have going for us is our schedule. Uh, hmm. Jets, Saints, Patriots, Titans. You know, I think that we had the Patriots at home. Titans are injured. Jets and Saints aren't good. So I think that we have a chance of running the table, which I think is really the only way we make the playoffs. I don't know if nine and eight makes it, especially because we've lost a few tiebreakers to some of these other playoff teams, like the Colts and the Raiders and, you know, the head to heads, you know what I mean? And if like, if there's another AFC East team, like the bills, uh, we wouldn't win that tiebreaker either. So we need to finish 10 and seven. Um, and hope it, it must, it still must feel good to, have maybe not your full destiny in your hands, but there was a piece written this week about the Jags of a 34 steps on how the Jaguars could make the playoffs. Oh, no. 34 different things have to happen for them to be able to make the playoffs, including winning out for the Dolphins. It's probably like three or four things need to happen. No, no Jags, including the Jets need to beat the Dolphins is one of those 34 things sure. that has to yeah. happen for the Jaguars to make the playoffs. And, and if yeah. any of one of them doesn't happen, they don't make it. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. You probably are going to be eliminated this week. Once the bye week, yeah. <laughs> you know, before we even play our next game. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I, I think that, uh, you know, overall this game, uh, really similar things to take away from it in terms of bad O-line play, uh, a <laughs> run game looked worse today than it did, uh, against the Panthers. Uh, but you know, just a lot. I mean, our offense, of course, is just—it's a, a lot of lot of motion, a lot of moving around, a lot of short passes, and just try to, um, you know, completely uh, uh, continue to just you know uh, take short jabs at the defense and have longer drives. And you know, I think uh, we could have had longer drives and more points if some of those balls were not dropped but overall still pretty happy with what i saw and you know it's um we'll see we'll see what happens yeah i think for me because i watched it on game pass obviously i watched it condensed so the drops probably weren't as bad for me because the giants were not really able to get any sustained drive so it was like i saw a drop and then the giants were on the field and then they were punting and the Dolphins were getting the ball back pretty fast. So it wasn't really even like there was even like an extended amount of time for me to be thinking about the drops with commercials and all that kind of stuff going on. So it was a, it was a quick game for me. It was, I think it was 38 minutes on game pass, which is one of the shorter ones. So they kept, they kept the game going. That that must've been nice. Oh yeah. Well, that was a, yeah, that was a positive. So the game ended and I could go into uh red zone and watch the ends of these other, of the, any of the other games that were, mm-hmm. you know, uh, closer or more competitive or more exciting. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, our defense was great. Um, and I agree with you. I just kind of when, when their offense was on the field, I wasn't too scared. You know, Barkley had some mm-hmm. good runs, but then Barkley also had a lot, a few drop passes. And, uh, as that game went on, our pass rush just seemingly got better and better. And I mean, we just, and then that back-to-back Jalen Phillips sacks, I think kind yeah. of was just like, all right, I think this game's in hand. Uh, so yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Good, good stuff from the dolphins. Uh, I love watching Waddle play, love watching Holland play. I was a little concerned when he ran into 
a teammate and they were both down for a second, but I think he was just dejected that he didn't get the pick. It, it wasn't, yes. it wasn't that he no, was hurt. It wasn't, but yeah, at first it I was like, Oh gosh, please don't be hurt. No, it, it was, it was a, like, it, he, it was, it would have been a crazy pick, uh-huh. but yeah, it bounced, it bounced weird and he had a chance and it sure. kind of bounced yeah. back at him, but it, that was a it, throw in the end zone with Xavier mm. Howard. And I thought at live, I was like, I thought they both had a chance at the ball and they kind of made themselves mm. drop the pick because they both could have picked it. But, on replay, it was more of a. I mean, they were going up against Galladay, who has obviously yeah. he's a talented wide receiver. So, but they, they still Holland still had a pick. And yeah, it was more dejection. And Zayvon Howard's pick in return that got got overturned, obviously, because he was being touched on the face mask when he went down. Yeah, uh, incredible return. He he, I I I didn't watch a lot of the Dolphins games last year, but he when he runs the ball back, he holds it incredibly loose i was terrified oh, that somebody was going to come up behind him absolutely and freaking I was, smack the ball out of his hand yeah, i was like yeah, dude come on same exact thing. There was why are you running it with him, like him at one point and i was like yeah. oh no he's gonna fumble right back you could just no, like no. go like cat paw at it and knock it out of his hands the way he's Last running year, with it we, um we practiced returns of turnovers um i don't know if we did the same <laughs> thing this year but we practiced return because um we were focused on turnovers last year and our off uh, the thought process was you can easily gain 25 to 30 yards on a turnover mm-hmm. and that, i mean that's a big play on offense but it's such a wild like it's such chaos right after a turnover turnover sometimes and you're obviously dealing with bad tacklers and so right. now's the time um and so we practice blocking in the return of that and Xavier Howard obviously is one of the best because he has gotten 26, 26 interceptions over the past four years or something crazy sure. like that. And so um, he has experience in returning the ball. And that's exactly kind of what happens. We, we, we have, um, I think that still probably happens. And again, I, I mean, we've, we've been on a streak of having a turnover per game for such a long time that it's kind of like a, mm-hmm. it makes sense that we would practice the returns, especially when you're offense <clears throat> sometimes have problems hey, you know, get them as close as you can to the red zone, end zone, score, whatever you want to do. But yeah, anyway. Again, um, as you were saying, uh, offense overall, not flashy, but efficient. You had Tua at uh, 8.1 yards per completion, but a shorter average depth of target. And it's just, you know, as we were talking about, this offense is what it's going to be for the rest of the year. And as long as they can maintain this level of efficiency on offense, and I can't remember, I'm pretty sure zero turnovers this week by the sure. Dolphins, right? Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, that's that's something that's going to be huge in your favor if you can win the turnover battle every week. Because if you don't, if if the Dolphins don't turn the ball over on offense, I, I, at this point, watching the Dolphins, it's like, your your defense is gonna get a, at least one turnover a week. Like you could almost bank on that. And as long as your offense is protecting the ball and getting points when they can, even though at the beginning of that game it was kind of slow going getting points, but it, it's just it's gonna keep you in every single game that you're gonna be in for the rest of the year and giving you an opportunity to win. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we were on a we were on a streak of like twenty five consecutive games with a, with a turnover, 
um, mm-hmm. in, in, into October of this year. And we didn't, I don't remember what game it was. It was a game that Jacoby Brissett started <laughs> um, and we didn't get a turnover. And then since then, I think we've gotten a turnover every game, yeah. if not two turnovers every game. So right. um, yeah, we have a very high turnover um, causing defense. And yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's one thing too is good at is being uh, cautious with the ball. I mean, he makes, he's very accurate. He doesn't make mistakes. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's really just a matter of will we fumble it type of thing. Uh, but, um, you know, we've been, we were pretty good with that too. Yep. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about this? This no. game? No. Okay. Uh, it was great to see Mike Lennon's neck out there. Really oh stuck his neck. He really, it's out of control. It's ludicrously that, long. It's re- it. I did not remember how long that neck was until I saw him again. And I was like, I just cannot. I I know you played for a team that I kind of watched last year in the Jags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even I just am shocked every time I see. He's got to get like those like taller shoulder pads. You know what I'm saying? That like emphasize like. Yeah, he's got to like. It's out of. It's neck, out of don't ever wear a V neck. Mike Lennon, that would be a mistake, or maybe even turtlenecks. Maybe turtleneck would be a mistake too. I don't know. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a sight. I don't know what he can do. But he it's the eighth wonder of the world, Mike Lennon's neck. All right, Jags Rams, thirty-seven seven. Um, <laughs> I nailed Rams, the, uh, Rams thirty-seven minus, Jaguars minus seven. Uh, pretty much had that in hand uh remember when i said you could double the point okay. spread i should have probably still be okay you could have done that yeah you you literally could have done double the point spread because that would have been what like 26 and a half yeah they smashed it um are you ready for my positives and negatives from this week oh i am so excited for your positives positive <laughs> one game closer to the off season there we go <laughs> negative everything else uh, and, and then especially this one, uh, playing at 4.05, okay. being that much closer to Sunday night football, where at least one of the teams is a is a good football team by the way that they schedule it, and having to watch your offense and then watching a superior team's offense is terrible. It's like one of the worst experiences of my life, going from watching the Jags to watching the Chiefs. It's like, what, why, why am I here? Why is this happening to me? Why am, why do I even enjoy this sport? At your main negative? I thought it'd be something else. No, everything else was my main negative. Well, I know that, but you were, you were saying, especially watching the offense back to back. Well, I mean, it's just bad offense. It's, it's terrible to watch. Um, so there's really, again, not much to take out of this game. And another huge reason why there's nothing to take out of this game, James Robinson fumbles the ball out. 20. I want to congrat Great place. Late, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I I was like, you know, you you guys, two wins, seemingly no reason to be talking about you. I go on ESPN today, third headline down. Trevor Lawrence wants James Robinson on the field more. I'm like, oh, you guys made it. You're back. You're back on the headlines. <laughs> okay. Ugh. So yeah. So James Robinson fumbles second straight week in a play that uh, obviously you fumble the ball. It's you put it on the ground. You're at least partially to blame, but he gets 
wrapped up by Aaron Donald within one yard of the line of scrimmage and spun around like a rag doll and then just tossed to side to fumble the ball. Out 20 straight plays. Carlos Hyde fumbles twice in this game. Uh, it missed two plays. I, Baxter, I, what? I, don't, I don't, I don't, what the fuck is what? going on? Like, I don't know. At this point, it's just like, I, you have to be tanking. You have to be tanking. It doesn't make any logical sense why James Robinson is not out there more. Like, if it's, if it's Urban making the decision that James Robinson out there isn't out there more, it's tanking. If it's one of the coaches beneath them, fire them. Fire them. I'm gonna you know read. I mean? I'm gonna read what you two quotes. What point are you trying to prove running back coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking? Bernie Parmalee. Why well, I shouldn't even have to know your name. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna read you two quotes from this week. Love it. Obviously, you kind of spoiled the game, but this is for everybody else who doesn't. Uh, follow these that much one of these is going to be a quote from the jaguars head coach and the other will be from the quarterback quote number one you'd have to ask coach parmley i don't get too involved i don't micromanage that i know he's been dinged up so i don't know if he's back with the tent or what's going on but i know there's an injury involved second quote bottom line is james is one of our best players and he's got to be on the field and we addressed it and i feel like we're in a good spot which one of those is the coach and which one of those is the quarterback? Right. It's insane. How, yeah. how is your coach saying, and, I don't know what's going on? Yeah, sure. And I don't know the injury status of my star player. I don't know. I, I don't know if he's I, in the tent I, or not. Just turn thing, around and ask somebody. Yeah, was it ever brought what? up? <laughs> did, did, when, has anyone ever said one of the reasons why he was held out, held out was injury? Uh, he's definitely still dealing with the with I know, the but heel has injury. Said that was one of the reasons why he was held out. No, that's what I mean. Like, it, of course it wasn't because that's not the actual reason why he was held out. Right. That's that's ludicrous. Um, because he's fine. He seems fine. Um, I, I, oh boy. I mean, it's just who I don't I don't get it. And it's it's. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't know what to say, man. I I think at this point you gotta hope, Shad gets you know some fire under his ass and decides to cut ties because i don't think you're going anywhere with this coaching staff yeah i don't think if they're I making don't... decisions like this in um in these types of games mm-hmm. what if it's a game that matters you know yeah i i don't think urban's going to be gone but i do expect wholesale changes um from the offensive staff um i, I don't here's the problem I don't necessarily disagree with the head coach saying the offensive, if I have an offensive coordinator, he should be the offensive coordinator and he should be deciding who's in and who's out on specific plays. If your team's a good team, if you're winning, if you start losing and it ultimately as the head coach, the loss is going to fall on you, not your running backs coach. So you better figure the fuck out what's going on you don't have to micromanage it. You have to say what Trevor said. James yeah. Robinson's our best player on the field. Get him on the field. That's not micromanaging it. That's saying, this is how I want our offense to run. You're the head coach. That Everything is up to you. It's not up to Bernie Parmalee, the running backs coach 
on who should be in and out uh, of the game, especially when your team sucks. Yeah, and I, I mean that. Sure, that's one thing. If if you're bad, you know you 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 have to probably have more oversight. But right. another thing is, this is the third or fourth time that on this podcast we have discussed the fact that Urban Meyer does not know what's going on with his personnel. Mm-hmm. So at what point, Urban, can you keep saying I don't know? Like what you know at that shouldn't be your answer at this point. Correct. You said, I don't know so many times. You said, I don't know in the Titans game. You know, you said, I don't know. Uh, it was one week or two weeks ago. And it, it, we went over this again. And it, it just it's the like worst it's- possible answer. I would rather him say, yeah, I benched him because he fumbled it. And I don't want to put a player out there who's going to put the ball on the ground. Like, I don't, I wouldn't agree with it because James Robinson's the best player and you can't be taking your best player out when you could bench literally every single player that has played for your offense this year because they've all made mistakes. But at least that's better than, I don't know what's going on out there. Yeah, because at least you can point to something that he's doing during the game. Right. Because, you know, um, because at this point, if you don't know, then why are you around? You know, what what exactly are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, again, is something we've said all over and over on this pod. And now it's come to a point that Trevor Lawrence is saying, I want him out there. And I think it's the first time, really, that it, I mean, it is a kind of like Trevor Lawrence is uh, not happy yeah. about these coaching decisions. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, again, if you are Shad Khan and you're looking at the season and you're like, you know, I have four more years of Trevor Lawrence on a contract to convince him to stay. Do I want to waste another year with Urban? I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm just like, I, I. I have not seen a single thing the entire time Urban has been there that makes me think that he should be an NFL coach. Not the least of which, an NFL coach of a team that is need in need of a serious rebuild mm-hmm. and mentoring of a young quarterback. He has nothing. He has absolutely nothing to offer the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is a terrible person. He is a terrible locker room guy. And he's a terrible coach. He has nothing to offer at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, in college, he could recruit people. He could recruit the players to come in and make his team better. At this point, he's not going to recruit anyone because who the fuck yeah. wants to play for this team? Yeah. And when the offseason happens and you don't sign any free agents because they either, you know, can get $20 million less somewhere else and are like, fuck it, I'm not going to go to Jacksonville and yeah. ruin my career for three to four years and sign with you guys. Why would I sign in Jacksonville right now after seeing what happened this year? What Your best offensive player sitting on the bench because he fumbled the ball at the second time in his career? Are you kidding me? Why would I go there? Yeah. I, so I, it's a, it's a ab, it's just such a disaster. And I don't, mm. I don't know what else to say, but I told you so. Uh, But beside that, nothing else to say. (laughs) Uh, And then to add insult to injury, uh, literally, 15 seconds left in the game, down by 30. James Robinson's out carrying the ball two times. If he's really hurt, why why would you have your best player on offense carrying the ball twice? It's not actually injury. Because you're stupid. I, I, because you're stupid. That's the only answer that I can come up with because you're an idiot and you don't have any yeah. ability to 
have any kind of critical thinking. And if it is your, and if it is your offensive coordinator, if it is your offensive coordinator, and if it is your running backs coach, fire them right now. Sure. If, if you turn around and you look and you say, is he hurt? And they say, yeah, that's why we're kind of holding him out. Why the fuck is he in the game when we're down by 30 in the last 15 seconds running the ball twice? And if they say, I don't know, fire them. Yeah. And then you Every, say, I made a mistake hiring bad coaches. I'm going to do better saw this, next year. Everything we saw this week was, uh, you know, he was saying, um, Robinson was saying that Hyde wanted a breather a couple times mm-hmm. and he was waving him on and mm-hmm. Robinson would be held back. And they told him, and, no, but you, you're not going out there. And so, exactly, right? He, it wasn't for injury. So, you know, you got to make conclusion of what's going on there. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he even specifically, James Robinson, it, it, the, one of the quietest people, even when he speaks, he's quiet, said, yeah, I feel like I was benched. That's your, be- that's your best offensive player saying the most well-spoken it, I've ever heard uh, James Robinson, <laughs> the most you've ever heard James Robinson yeah, speak. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He said, yeah, I feel like I was benched. He said, it's, it would be hard to not feel like coming off of a game where I fumbled for the first time in my career and I sat out for the next 16 plays. And then the next week it did, it happened again. And I sat out for four more plays than I did last time. How, how that wouldn't feel like a benching. I mean, Don't, we, were, we were we were texting each other like this is yeah. this is absolutely this is the stupidest thing I've what ever seen is happening. I spent the goddamn first round pick in my other dynasty league for this guy, and you're gonna bench him after a second bubble, yeah. and Carlos Hyde's gonna run in for the only touchdown of the game. Yeah. I'm gonna lose my fucking mind over here because I, I, I spent a first round pick on a guy that is going to be terribly mismanaged by their their coaches, and you know, like you said, he's in there at the end of the game. Trevor Lawrence is not in there at the end of the game. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, we were worried about protecting Trevor in this scenario, but go fuck yourself, James Robinson. Yeah. Run into Aaron Donald and run into, you know, yeah. uh, Von Miller and run into this Rams defense and good luck with your, you know, your body. And it's just, it's it's like, I just, oh my God, dude. It's, it's unbelievably terrible. And I feel like it would be, if you guys were a, if you were the Dallas Cowboys, or if you were a team that had a lot more media spotlight, just for being the team that you are, this would be blown out of fucking the water. I mean, I, I think I feel like everyone would be going nuts. There's just mm-hmm. so much better stuff to talk about that you guys just aren't. And it's kind of surprising. I thought the fact that Urban w- would be there, and maybe the, the fact that I saw the headline today is going to change, is going to show the tides turning, um, because it kind of was like Urban, 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 and then he had his uh, snafu. Uh, um, in, in Cincy, that's a nice way to put it in Ohio, and then, um, and then after that, you kind of haven't heard anything. And I mean, the coach, everything going on right now, it's just so terrible. I, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Um, and when I have seen it, I mean, it's guys that you remember. It's it's you know Freddie Kitchens and it's mm-hmm. uh, you know just that type of stuff, right? It's it's the worst coaches you can think of from your from the from the NFL in the past. You know? I'm not I'm not going to get my hopes up thinking that Urban is going to be fired. I just don't I don't foresee that happening. I hope it does, but I just don't I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Shad Khan got up this offseason and said this time I got it right and he's going to turn around this year and he's going to fire urban. I just don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. I, I would hope it would happen, but I just don't think it's going to, but I do expect full sale changes 
on the offensive side of the ball. And the other thing is Jags have, I think, the largest coaching staff in the NFL, and you don't have a guy who can help you manage the the I didn't know that. roster. Yeah, they have one of the biggest coaching staffs in the That's NFL. That's hilarious, dude. That's fucking hilarious. And you don't ha- and you don't have somebody who can like help you with really what, player what, management. What like, is Urban doing? Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. All right. Uh, so obviously we didn't talk too much about the game because it, it it went exactly how we said it was going to go in the previews. They got massacred. Uh, oh, one more positive. Logan Cook. What a punter, man. Yeah. Yeah, what a no. Um, you got you to gotta respect the punt game. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait till he accidentally shanks one and then they pull him and they put LaVisca Chenault back there <laughs> yeah, to punt, yeah, yeah. punt the ball. All right. Week 14 preview. Because there's only one. Because guess what? The Dolphins are on a bye. You get to sit back, put your hands behind your head. Sip a Mai Tai. Oh. Just enjoy yourself and not have to worry about being stressed out. I've been out enjoying about a myself these past few weeks. Gotta, I <laughs> yeah, I guess lie, that's but, true. Uh, I, I mean, I guess bef- going into the game, you don't have to stress yourself out about oh, needing, I, yeah, needing, I do, needing to I get, do a get dub. unreasonably stressed out <laughs> yeah. in the hours of 12 to 1. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like the sky is falling. If we yeah. lose now, our season is over. Every game matters the most. Uh, Mike Glennon's going to throw for 350. Saquon Barkley's going to come back this game. Like, that's yeah. that's me fucking – and I, I just I, – I hate myself for it, but it, it, it always happens. I, I am just a sky is falling type of sports fan, and uh, it's, um, it's you know, it I, I, I can never get my hopes up. Um, that's mostly because of the teams that I've root for in the past. But – Unfortunately, it's uh, week. Uh, the Jags have to play. Yeah, and that too. What part of the issue of what has transpired because of this James Robinson nonsense this week? Uh, it's it's the second Titans hate week, and uh, just gone right by. Like not even not even a discussion about playing the hated Tennessee Titans. No. those mayo eating bastards. What's going on with James Robinson? Yeah, and it's not even a conversation. It's just this team's falling apart. But Jags at Titans, a one o'clock kick. Uh, Titans are a nine-point favorite. I think the two to three most important injuries that we could go over here real quick is Julio has been designated to return from the IR which means they have 21 days I I believe is the is is the way that the new IR rules work to put him back on the active roster. It looks so, promising. He was on the field today in practice. Yeah. I saw some clips of him. He had, does have a um band around his arm um his hamstring but mm-hmm. uh he looked good. Uh I expect him to play. Me too, but probably on a limited back. basis. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean um I guess it depends on the game flow. Mm-hmm. Um, the Titans just have kind of been uh, struggling without any of their offensive uh, playmakers. And so they might have to rely on Julio a little bit more. Sure. Uh, but yeah, if they have a big lead, like seemingly the Jags are um, giving up every week, uh, then they might use him less. 17 nothing before the first quarter's done. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, Shaq Griffin's coming back from his two-week um, concussion, being in the concussion protocol. And Brandon Linder, who went out last week with a 
back spasm is day to day. So it's possible that he'll play probably going to be a game time decision. So our key positional matchups for this one is uh, for the offense, for Jags offense is what we just talked about. The Jaguars rushing attack, which is now after having been fifth in the league for a while, now 16th. Holy shit. (laughs) Versus the Titans run defense which is 16th. Mm. If Jags decide to bench their best offensive player, uh, they don't have a chance. They don't really have one anyways. What was the I wonder what, what was the beer bet that we canceled because ETN got uh, injured? How many carries James Robinson? Right, I know, get? but wasn't it like, was it like, I'm curious where that, where we are now with that. I can look pretty quick. I guess we would have probably canceled it anyway, again, because of the injury. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> it turns out uh, not did having you, James Robinson did you delete the ones significantly that we canceled? hinders your rushing attack. Did you delete the ones that we canceled off of here? I have not deleted a single thing ever from any of our Google Docs. Because I don't see it on here. <laughs> it's not on here. I can... Anyway. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, not important. So, yeah. I, it, yeah, Jacks, Jacks have to run the ball. With... I, James Robinson. James Robinson. <laughs> James key, Robinson. Key to that. You got to finish the sentence. <laughs> Jags have to roll the ball with James Robinson. They have to, as as we've talked about a, a lot, uh, they've got to be able to utilize play action. And you can't utilize play action when Carlos Hyde is out on the field because teams aren't going to respect it. Because even if it, they could just go for the pass, and if you do hand the ball to Carlos Hyde, they could just ta- somebody will tackle him because he's got no juice in his legs. I was saying that in preseason. I was like, dude has no juice. He cannot get the outside corner. It's an embarrassment. Um, I have a couple of things that I want to say, but we can we can we can talk about it after we talk about their defensive matchup, which would be the Jaguars pass rush, which is now currently twenty fourth versus the Titans pass block, which is twenty eighth, one of the worst in the league. Um, we talk about this a lot with with the games. Um, because this is this is a positional battle that can really kind of flip a game. If the Jags can get pressure on Tannehill and cause him to make some mistakes, that that's again, as we've talked about before, that's that's the key to to a Jags victory. Is if they can get some sacks, they can get some pressure on Tannehill, and they can get him to make some mistakes. Um, the other only other way that I can see the Jags being able to win this game is if they finally hold a team from gaining more than two yards on first down. Like you gotta you gotta be able to limit teams from gaining five yards on first down and being able to get into their whole playbook and being able to do whatever they want on second and third down. If you're if every single time you're letting the offense get ahead of the chains, it's you're just going to allow them to extend drives constantly. Yeah. So the um, yes, you have to do that. The beer bet was um, one under 240 carries, and yeah. uh, so that was under four, 240 carries, and because um, that's how many he had last year. And uh, he has 137 right now. Mm. Yeah, he probably um, won't even make it. So he would need to get basically 20 a game. 
and I just want to say that one of your tweet, one of your texts to me was, 14 carries a game is nothing. You sure you want to do this? <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. You know what? I didn't expect them to bench their best player. Yeah, I guess yeah. that would be. Little did you know the fun that know was happening. Urban was going to fuck me. Lordy, uh, Lordy. Yeah. So this is what I want to say about this game. Because I, I know that there are other people out there that are Jags fans who feel like there's no hope. And a lot of those people are people who look at it and just a win loss um, scenario. And what I want to say is watch this game and black out the score, like cover it. Don't, it doesn't matter what the score is that there are things that you can look at as a Jaguars fan and to, to feel good about coming out of this game possibly, or to just kind of say, this is these are things that we need to be looking at to see a level of improvement upon going forward. So a couple of the things that you should be looking at, and this this one, this first one, you might need to be able to see the score, but the utilization of play action before the game gets out of hand. When before the Jags are down by three scores, you want to see one one out of every three-ish pass plays be a play action. So that's something to watch. Some Pay attention to how many times they utilize play action in the first quarter, I guess would probably be a good way to put that. Um, another thing would be uh, motion. This team is last in the league in utilizing motion. And as we've talked about before, this is this is something that really helps your quarterback because as your player goes across in motion as your receiver goes across. If a defender follows them, you automatically know that it's man because that person is saying, this is the man I'm covering. They're going across, they're going across the field. They're covering that guy quarterback can say, this is man. This isn't zone. So how often they use that. And then the last thing on offense is every time a receiver catches a ball in this game, make note of how close the defensive player is to them when they catch the ball. So these are just a couple of things. Don't don't worry about the score. Watch what's happening, actually happening in the game and watch and see if the individual plays themselves are positive and see if there's something that you can build on from there. Yeah, and you know, take a look at Logan Cook. You know, yeah. see, see him drive the ball. Watch him punt the shit out of the ball within the ten yard line. I mean, he is out of this world. Um, and you know, really, <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 you know, yeah, I think I'm grasping <laughs> for things over here, Casey. Just things, things to feel good about coming out of a football game. It, it's never going to be the score this year. No, no, I, I, I think, and it, I mean, you know, I, it, it's, Jack's. Twitter has just been just a delight, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of it's either to the moon or the sky is falling type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, it's obviously sky is falling, and there's a lot of Trevor Lawrence is a bus, blah, blah, blah. And it's obviously, I think the problem is that it's people not watching the games. Um, they're just looking at the box score and or just not understanding football. <laughs> not, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's probably a combination of all that and 
I think that I think what would be key is to watch really I mean what you highlighted, right? I think that's kind of why you highlighted it. It's the separation the wide receivers have um, that's basically non-existent. And with a terrible run game, uh, turns out this offense is uh, much worse. Yep. And so, yeah, if he if he has the best players on the field, um, he is going to look better um, when the defenders have to be kept in check with James Robinson running it for six to eight yards of carry. But if he's not out there, it's Carlos Hyde. You know, I as a defender am not worried about uh, Mister Hyde. So, uh, you know, you have to really analyze him from a different lens because right. he's got nothing around him and yeah and and here's a here's a stat to go along with what you're saying so trevor lawrence's completion percentage right now is 58 percent. his adjusted completion percentage so this removes drops and purposely thrown out of bounds balls like balls that are thrown away that would have netted negative yards so like you're getting rushed and you just got to get the ball out is 69.8%. He's almost uh, his adjusted completion percentage is almost 70%. It's 12% higher. This is this is this is what we're talking about. It's it, Trevor is dealing with a lot of shit around him and they're not going to win football games. But you can watch individual things and try and see positives coming out of them. Yeah, I'm wondering. Um, I, I would be curious to know if that's the biggest difference in the league. <laughs> I mean, uh, probably. I'd have to. I'd have to look more into it. Uh, but you know, at this point, Tua is being, you know, uh, praised for his high completion percentage. You know, he had two back-to-back mm-hmm. games of over eighty percent, which is just nuts. And his completion percentage is seventy percent. So it's it's like you know if Trevor's completion percentage was that high, you know, just imagine. So, um, yeah, it's it's um there there are there are things to be excited for. It's just I don't think it's going to happen under this coaching staff. And so it 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 is, you know, it's just frustrating, right? Because Patrick Mahomes is this higher. The difference. Hmm. That checks his out. Is, his is fourteen percent. Um, that checks out. Kelsey's having a bad year with drops. Yeah, uh, they got they got a lot of drop issues going on over there. Yeah. Um. But uh, you know, sure, Patrick Mahomes. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> sure. yeah. Uh, not not a terrible. It'd be second to Patrick Mahomes uh, uh, in any stat. But you know, I think that uh, you yeah. I, you could get you, you got to cheer for losses, but then you you got to just look for the positive things with Trevor's mm-hmm. growth, and I I think those are the two things you really look for, or or just watching things like wide receiver separation, like that's not a growth thing, but that's something that you can you can watch and you can learn and you can and you can teach yourself how to train your eyes so that going forward when something happens, you you yourself can self-analyze what's going on in a game and you don't have to just look at a box score or look at a quarterback's completion percentage and be like, he's shit. He's terrible. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm ready to pick this game, man. All right. Oh, what? Did you say the spread? Yeah. Titans are a nine-point favorite. Correct. It might be nine and a half, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Titans maybe, maybe win 
Titans cover. Titans win, Titans cover. All right. Uh, another week. We're not necessarily going to be talking about a game here, but we are going to do a segment that I have titled Going Bowling. Uh, it's bowl season in college football, and that means a lot of the prominent draftable players will be playing against similar competition with the widest availability being able to watch. So here are a couple of the games for Jags and Dolphins fans to watch this bowl season with their team in mind. Um, One other piece of advice, as I've been trying to do my best in being a, a scout, is sometimes it's hard to find a player's number. So I'm going to give all of the players numbers for you to find. But another trick that I have learned as I've been going is looking for a uh, specific player's aesthetic. So figure out how many armbands the guy wears. Does he have a sleeve? Maybe an arm brace. It's honestly the most efficient way that I found to be able to be able to find players. Find that, find that cornerback with the, with the three armbands. Or look for the white defender. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> That's not appropriate, Casey. You Who would say such a thing? Me that. Don't say that uh, is my <laughs> comment. How could you ever say something like that? You have never, ever said anything like that. <laughs> my mistake. Okay. So going into the offseason without knowing anything that they're going to do to improve their teams... We've kind of come up with like a quick, short little list of what we think the Jags and Dolphins need, and these are in no particular order. So for the Dolphins, we've got offensive line, running back, linebacker, defensive line. For the Jags, we've got uh, all of them except for quarterback. But seriously, wide receiver, linebacker, defensive line, cornerback, and edge. So uh, we've got linebacker and defensive line as, as the same position. So if I bring one of those guys up, just uh, watch the same guys. So our first game, one that you and I are, are sure to have our eyes on at all moments. Very excited. Florida versus UCF. Thursday, December 23rd, 7 o'clock. Your two players are two Gator defenders. We're looking at Kair Elam, cornerback. He wears number five. Britton Cox Jr. He's an edge defender. He's a pass rusher. He wears number one. Casey, if there's anybody that you're interested in, in, in learning about here in this segment, just ask me. Otherwise, I got a couple of guys that I want to highlight, but we're just going to kind of go through this so that uh, people know some games to watch. This is your segment, my man. All right. Uh, next up, Clemson versus Iowa State, which is going to be a Wednesday, December 29th, 545 kick. Uh, Brees Hall, Iowa State running back. That is my running back number two. And he wears number 28. Uh, from the Clemson side, we're watching Andrew Booth Jr., who's a cornerback. He wears number 23. And Darian Kendrick, the other outside cornerback, he wears number one. And then last for Clemson, we're watching Justin Ross, uh, Trevor Lawrence's old running mate. He is my wide receiver number five, and he wears number eight. Up next... Oregon versus Oklahoma, same day, December 29th at 9.15 p.m. We're watching Perrion Winfrey, who wears number eight for Oklahoma. And then Kayvon, huh? I like the name, Perrion Winfrey. You like Perrion Winfrey? It's a good name. Yeah. And then 
from Oregon. We're watching Kayvon Thibodeau, my edge number one. He wears number five. And Michael Wright, he is cornerback, and he wears number two. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau, obviously the first guy I wanted to highlight here. Um, the presumptive number one pick from preseason all the way till about now. Um, they're starting to get a little bit of a conversation between two edge guys, but uh, the Jags are in desperate need of another pass rusher opposite of Josh Allen. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau would be my personal preference over another guy that we're going to get to just more so because he fits a three, four scheme. He's more of a, a prototypical style stand up uh, linebacker. Man, just going to let me power right through this, huh? Yes, uh, sir. <laughs> next game, North Carolina versus South Carolina. That's going to be Thursday, December 30th at 11.30 a.m. We're watching Kingsley in it in Gabare. I still don't know how to say his name. I'm going to have to work on that one. Uh, edge four for me, and he wears number 52. Next game on the 30th, Michigan State versus Pitt, 7 o'clock. Kenneth Walker the third, my running back number one. And he wears number nine. Um, he's not number one on a lot of people's boards, but he is number one on mine. I love watching Kenneth Walker. He is a touchdown waiting to happen. I do feel like it kind of depends on the way that the Dolphins want to go with their running game. And maybe this is maybe maybe here's where you could kind of get in on the conversation. Um, both he and Brees Hall are kind of more every down backs, the two running backs that would have played up until this point. So I don't know if that's something that the Dolphins would necessarily be looking for, but if they're looking to completely change their running back schemes, then then these two guys, Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, would be two key players to watch and draft in my eyes. Yeah, I think I think that would I think I wouldn't mind a complete change there. I mean, I, I no offense to Miles Gaskin. I mean, he he's <laughs> I he's very talented, um, and he could be a great third round third down back. You know, sure. I, but he should not be a lead back anywhere. I don't I don't see that as his. Uh, that should be. I don't see that as being that being his role. Um, so. Yeah, I, I would like to invest in one of those guys. I would like to invest in someone that could be a number one back somewhere um, that is getting 15 to 20 carries a game. So Brees Hall, for me, um, my comp after watching him is Jonathan Taylor. And yes, I will take comp, Jonathan Taylor, please. Thank you. Yeah. And then my comp for Kenneth Walker is Austin Eckler. Um, both running backs in the NFL who are guys that feed off of getting the majority of the touches because the more the opportunities that they, you give those guys, the more likely they are going to be to be able to break a ball for a touchdown. What round are those guys going in mock drafts currently? Second. Both. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I, I haven't seen other than Isaiah Spiller, who's my running back number three, uh, a running back go in the first round in most of the mock drafts that I've looked at. Um, it's it's hard to say what will happen. I, I think obviously a running back will go in the first round. It kind of, 
as much as people say don't take a running back in the first round, I can't remember a draft where a running back hasn't gone in the first round. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that maybe one or maybe one or both of those players go in the first round, but if one of them makes it to your second round pick, though that would be a pretty choice pick in my opinion. Yeah. And, and you know that that pick <clears throat> we we are um with everyone the only downside with everyone, of course, is that um, we are dropping back in the yeah, lower, lower, so, sure. um, which is obviously second or last in my concerns about winning. Um, but, but yeah, that's kind of what I was curious about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to take him, you know, for the first round we have the 49ers pick. So that might get super late in the first mm-hmm. to where it could be worth it. Yeah. I still think Dolphins got to go. Uh, offensive line but yeah so but right the second point of course is that um i just don't if you know well first of all i don't don't think that's going to happen um based on what i've seen at 49ers this year but second of all um no i don't i don't think um we just have the offensive line is again one of the worst of all time so so um tank tank depending on what we do in free agency unless we like freaking um nail it in free agency and sign like three you know starters sure. um in the very very sparse um free agency market there, that is currently existing for offensive linemen however we do have the largest cap space or second largest cap space going into 2022 um so you know it's possible i mean we have to sign someone mm-hmm. um but it's possible we, we, we sign a couple but regardless of all that we could also you know sign a running back is uh, you know another thing not I mean, uh, I I just don't I don't see a lot of value in taking a first round using mm-hmm. a first round pick on a running back. It's really, um, I just don't I don't know. I yeah. so Tankathon, I, who's mock. I'm not, I I don't like their mock, but I do use their big board quite a bit to find players that I want to watch. Um, doesn't have a running back going in their mocks until sixty, which is five picks before the end of round two which would be Isaiah Spiller. And then immediately after Brees Hall goes at 61 and then Kenneth Walker doesn't go until the top of the third round. So I, I, I don't imagine that that happens. I imagine running backs start going a little bit more around. Uh, Dolphins currently hold the 44th pick um, yeah. in the second round. Sure. So uh, like you could definitely see it happening somewhere around there. Yeah, than, I mean, except that's going to be 64 when they're Super Bowl champions. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I I, uh, I mean, again, I don't know. Honestly, I haven't even looked to see what running backs are going to be available um, in, in the offseason. I guess Zeke, <laughs> uh, it seems. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what kind of running backs are going to be available in the offseason. Maybe the, that market's better than the offensive line. Yeah, market. I kind of went. I really kinda... wanted them to sign Aaron Jones this offseason. Mm-hmm. That was the guy that I was like, "Ooh, that'd be a nice signing." But uh, you know, there could be guys like that uh, available to offseason. I actually have no idea. Yeah, I went into this exercise with just kind of like, you're not going to fill any needs necessarily in free agency. So these are sure. all the guys to watch, so that yeah, a- yeah, yeah, as those things get taken off of the list, you can just cross those people off of your list as opposed to trying to add people later on in the scenario. Okay, up next, 
Wake Forest versus Texas A&M, Friday, December 31st, uh, 11 a.m. kick. We're looking at DeMarvin Leal, a defensive lineman for Texas A&M, and Isaiah Spiller, who's in most places he's running back number one. He's my running back number three. Uh, He wears number 28. DeMarvin Leal wears number eight. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. Okay, coming up next, Penn State versus Arkansas. Uh, Saturday, January 1st at 12 o'clock. This is uh, the game that I've decided to call uh, Jake Bennett's pet receiver draft because these are uh, my old college roommates' favorite two wide receivers in the draft who are not even uh, featured in my top five. You have Jahan Johnson, wide receiver number five for Penn State, and Traylon Burks, wide receiver number 16 for Arkansas. Coming up next, we've got Notre Dame versus Oklahoma State. Saturday, January 1st, 1 o'clock kick. Kyron Williams, he's my running back, number four, and he wears number 23. This is the running back that I had circled for the Dolphins, Kyron Williams. Um, he's a more, more of like a third down back, uh, but what he is best at, pass block. Yeah, we need that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Obviously, I didn't put offensive linemen on this list because offensive line uh, play is absolutely boring to watch. Don't watch that. Uh, Just, (laughs) hello. Uh, Just enjoy skill positions and just kind of nod when your team takes an offensive lineman because you have no idea. We're on the home stretch here, Casey. Ohio State versus Utah. Saturday, January 1st, kickoff, kick, <laughs> five o'clock kick. Devin Lloyd, uh, linebacker for Utah, he wears number zero. Ohio State, their top two wide receivers. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, my wide receiver one and wide receiver two, respectively, also wearing number one and number five. All right, we're finally here. The big games. Players to watch in the college football playoffs for Georgia. We've got Jordan Davis. The entire defense. <laughs> yes. All, literally all of the Georgia defense. But seriously, three defensive linemen for Georgia uh, are all draftable, all in the top 100 draftable players. Jordan Davis, defensive line, um, number 99. Just look for the biggest human you've ever seen, and you'll find him. Devontae Wyatt, defensive lineman, number 95. Trayvon Walker, also defensive lineman, number 44. Nicobe Dean, linebacker. Wears number 17. And George Pickens, my wide receiver in uh, four. He wears number one. This is my uh this is my guy, uh, George Pickens. Uh he reminds me a lot of Randy Moss. He has dealt with a lot of injuries in his career, which might push him a little bit further down boards. Um if the Jags ended up taking George Pickens in the second round, I would be over the moon. For Bama. Heard from Alabama oh, today. Um, have we hit Alabama yet? No. Right. We we're about to. Okay, go ahead. Was it John Mechie? Did he declare no. today? Go ahead. Because he, uh, he is not on my list for Bama. Oh, not, it wasn't Alabama. I'm so sorry. Um, Cincinnati? Shoot, was it Auburn? Uh, you go can find on. I'll tell you. You can find that real quick. Sure, sure, sure. All right, so for Bama, we've got Christian Harris is a linebacker. Uh, where's number eight? Henry, 2020, 
He's a linebacker. Where's number 10? Brian Robinson Jr., running back. Where's number four? Jamison Williams, wide receiver. Where's number one? Uh, next up, Michigan. Both of their edge defenders. Aiden Hutchinson, who's my edge number two. He wears number 97. And David Ojabu. He's an edge. He wears number 55. This would be the other guy that the Jags would probably be looking at at the top of the draft. I think Aiden Hutchinson is more of like a prototypical hand-in-the-dirt kind of pass rusher. I think he would still be able to succeed because the Jags don't have anything and you got to take best player available to just make your team better. I don't think that they're in a position to be drafting players based on whether or not they fit their scheme. They just need to take good players. So if Kayvon Thibodeau goes one, Aiden Hutchinson probably would be the Jags pick at number two where they're currently picking. And then finally, for the final team in the college football playoff, Cincinnati, we're looking at Majai Sanders. He's edge. He wears number 21, which is a very strange number for an edge defender to wear. Yeah. And Ahmad Gardner, a cornerback, number 12. Traylon Burks was the guy. Auburn. No, Arkansas. God, Arkansas. Bless it, dude. Why was he should? He should declare. They, yeah. uh, again, another conversation for an offseason. Um, Teams in college, as I've learned, don't really care about developing their players. They're just trying to win because coaches don't want to lose. Traylon Burks is a guy who could play as an outside receiver. uh, 100%. No question in my mind. But you see him play maybe 10% of his snaps as an outside receiver. He plays literally everywhere because they just try to get him the ball as much as possible. And it, it, it has affected his ability to progress as just a pure outside wide receiver. He should declare. He should get out of there as quickly as possible and get to the NFL. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he's projected to be a first round pick. Anyway. Uh, yes. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that that was um, a lot of guys. Uh, maybe yeah, we, there's a lot. We can put the list up somewhere. So yeah, that, maybe uh, you could maybe you could link link to that um, to uh, the show notes. Yeah, for people to click on. Can I link to a Google Doc? We can we can make it public. Oh, fancy! <laughs> we can make it public, and then people can kind of look at that and kind of see what I have for people to watch in this bowl game season. Yes. Whenever you can get to them, I'll be watching literally all of those games. I'll be watching some of those games. And then just waiting for texts and random clips that I send you Correct. from my phone. Yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. rely on you primarily and pretty much solely for my scouting needs. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, two players that are high on my wish list uh, go to USC. And guess what? USC didn't make a fucking bowl crazy it's crazy right what a what a world we live in the university of southern california not making a bowl they probably should change coaches <laughs> <laughs> all right um so that's what we got for going bowling watch some bowl games watch some players that are going to be coming to your team soon and making them better up next everybody's favorite segment casey's casino corner thank you baxter um i did 
pretty good last week. I don't remember what three bets I said on the pod, but let's just say I went three and zero. Huh? Jags, Dolphins, and a tease. Jags, Dolphins, and a tease. I won because it was um, it was uh, Colts and Cardinals. Yep. Okay, three and zero. I went three and zero. Look at that. I n- never doubted it. Got a mind like a steel trap over here. That's. Pr- I mean, shit. I I think primarily it's because I make so many bets uh, that I don't know which ones I'm making, and you yeah. only know the three. I only know three every week. Anyway. Uh-oh. Moving on, I will give you three more bets. Place all your money on these babies. Um, what? Let's. Oh. Do... I get the question. We just got. We just got a a, yeah. a live question because she was standing right here as you had said hi to her. Uh, I and, don't know uh, the answer to that question. Uh, well, guess what. Baxter, we don't have to answer it till next week because we have already passed the question segment of our <laughs> So we'll look it up and tell our next pod. Um, <clears throat> okay. Nice little teaser for the two people that are still listening to this pod. Yeah. They're like, man, you just went through so many people I do yeah. not care about. <laughs> they have completely tuned out. <laughs> it is going to, listenership is going to plummet at going bowling. Okay. I'm going to do a round robin, three teams. I'm going to tease them all down. Six points or up. I'll tease them all six-point teasers, okay? This is what's happening, all right? Casey's ready to get out of here. Ravens are playing the Browns. They are currently two-and-a-half-point underdogs. I'm going to tease them up to 8.5 point point underdogs, plus 8.5. Okay. Seahawks are... Seven and a half point favorites over the Texans. Tease him down to one and a half point favorites over the Texans. Okay. Broncos are eight point favorites over the Lions. Tease him down to two points. So I'm going to do three teasers Ravens and Seahawks, Ravens and Broncos, Broncos and Seahawks. Okay. I hard for me to follow, but <laughs> as good as you are at betting, uh, I believe in you. Ravens just came off a loss. I think they, they're going to need to win badly. I have not seen anything the Browns that has looked good. Um, and so I like the, the Ravens. Did they get Chubb back? Yes, he was, but he was back uh, last week or before the bye, and they lost. Mm. Um, and so I, um, I, I like the Ravens getting eight and a half points in what is most likely going to be a close game. Um, but I definitely can see the Ravens easily winning that outright. Seahawks mm-hmm. playing the Texans. Texans are a dumper, dumpster fire. Seahawks are playing to win right now. Look decent against the 49ers. Expect an easy win there. Just have to win by two. Yeah, they, they signed the Lions, Adrian Peterson. Lions played the win last combo. week. What? I'm, I am going to Adrian Peterson... Uh, they signed Adrian Peterson to the Seahawks because they are in win now mode. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know the fucking four and eight Seahawks are win now. Uh, Broncos are playing the Lions. Lions won their Super Bowl last week against the Vikings. Uh, they will not win again. Broncos minus two against the Lions. Three teams, three teasers. Love it. I also like the Buccaneers against the Bills, minus three. I also like the Packers, minus 12 and a half over the Bears. We own you. 
<laughs> All right, that's it. You got anything else to say? Uh, no. I right. am excited for the bye week. Um, you know, just kind of look around the NFL. Not that I don't mm-hmm. do that literally every single week. All uh, game pass. But um, I can focus a little bit more on the Jags, which is just a delight. Don't and do that. Uh, and uh, uh, just hope that all of the teams above the Dolphins lose uh, so that we are, you know, one game or half game closer to the playoffs. All right. We will be ne- back next week. I promise we'll uh, we'll be back with a more exciting game. Uh, don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts for us if you'd be so kind. You can find and follow us at SurfingOurOfficialTurf, all one word on Twitter. Uh, you can also email us at that same thing, SurfingOurOfficialTurf at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you all next week on the Surf and Our Official Turf podcast.